Um, I just got back from a shiva for a young man in the community who was tragically killed in a bike. Uh, he was hit. His, he was riding his bike actually to Ner Yisrael to the yeshiva in Owings Mills last month on Monday night, and he was hit by a car and killed. He was 22 years old. A very special uh, soul really special kid and so i just went to the shiva just to share some stories about him with his parents and one of the things that that they told me he was he was a type of person that was he was always smiling and he literally went around the entire town all the time helping people like he literally was helping people all day like there i've already spoken to dozens of people who spoke to him in the last few minutes of his life because he was everywhere all the time and um basically he 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 um his parents said that they found in his room um his notes from Masil Sisharm, the book that we're learning together guide uh path of the just and uh, in his notebook one of the notes that they were showing that they showed he said you come into this world and the world is perfect and everything is laid out for you. Make sure when you leave the world that the world will be as good as it was when you came into it. I thought that was very powerful and literally, literally just like crazy. And another thing they found in this room was a note that he said he might have hurt someone's feelings today and he can't sleep because he has to make sure to ask for to, to apologize the next day. Like literally a type of person that was so trying to make everyone around him feel good we should try we should be those that type of person you know think about if tomorrow was your last day what would all those last conversations have been what would all the people whose whose lives you might have touched been okay so continuing so anyway we should dedicate this learning tonight to um chaim moshe ben david his neshama should have an aliyah and he was definitely a tzaddik they said that the Rosh Hashiva of Neri Yisrael said that Rav Chaim Velazhner, the great Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva in Velazhn, Lithuania, the greatest Lithuanian Yeshiva, he had a brother who passed away at the age of 22 also. And he said that at his hespit, at his eulogy, the great one of the great rabbis of the time said that there are stars in the sky and then there are comets. And the comets pass by from time to time, and they come into the atmosphere, and they disappear very quickly out of view. And he said that's like this certain souls come into this world for a brief time, and they make a major impact, and then they leave the world. So I thought that was very, very powerful to hear that. Okay, so we are um, in the process of learning about mitzvahs. And as we mentioned, the Torah is essentially a guide to relationship, to relationship between self, God, and others. And the whole idea of mitzvahs, mitzvahs mean commandments. The more intimate you are in the relationship, the more commandments you have, the more obligations you have. With your neighbor, you have very few obligations. With your spouse or with your parents, you have millions of obligations. So that's the whole idea of the Torah. The Torah is a guidebook for how to have an intimate relationship with self, God, and others. And we do that through obligations. That might sound very small-minded because we don't think about ourselves. We want to think about the love. We want to think about the connection. Why are you thinking about the do's and the don'ts? The answer is if you really love someone, it trickles down to the do's and the don'ts of action. 
Halacha, we're learning halacha, that's Jewish law, literally translates as the way to walk. It's a guide for walking. And it just happens to be that the other two things that we're going to be learning together is Mesil Yasharim, which is the path of the just, and Derech Hashem, the path of God. Again, it's all about how you walk through your journey of life. The path to enlightenment is a path of action. How the Torah is a guide for how to navigate this world through the do's and don'ts of how to engage in physicality, how to eat in a spiritual way, how to engage in business, how to engage in marriage and family life, all while connecting to God. There's another meaning of the word mitzvah. Mitzvah also comes from the Hebrew word safsa, which means connection. A mitzvah is literally an opportunity to connect. And we have opportunities throughout our day to connect to God's self and others. Those are what mitzvahs are. So when we do actions in order to build relationship, what actions are necessary? So we mentioned that there's five love languages. Okay, There's different ways of expressing love. So the way you express love typically, if you're untrained, Jacob, how do you typically express love for someone? Or anyone, by the way. Just you're the only one I can see, so I'm picking on you. Quality time. All right. But how, how do people typically share love with another person? What choice do you usually choose if you want to show love for another person? If you're a if you're a hug guy, how do you express love for others? Hugging. Hugging. Right? But that's absolutely wrong. It's the opposite. If you want to show love for another person you and you're a hug guy, you don't hug them. How do you show love for the other person? The way they want to be loved, not the way you want to love. So the idea of mitzvahs is God communicates to us how he wants his needs, so to speak. God doesn't have needs. God created needs, 613 needs, in order to give us the opportunity to truly build a relationship with him. If he doesn't give you actions, there's no way to actually show love. The only way to show love is when the other person expresses what they want. That's the way we build a relationship, okay? So so we also learned, just yesterday, we learned about the Yetzir Hara, that there's a force of of evil, so to speak. There's a there's a, a drive to do wrong, which is within each and every one of us. And in the morning, he tries to get you to go back to sleep. And when you want to do a good deed, he tries to get you to be lazy. So the idea is is that his job is to challenge you, to challenge you, to challenge you, so that you have the opportunity to overcome. Because without resistance, there's no growth. When you go to the gym, you want to lift weights, you need to have equal and opposite resistance. That's the only way you build muscle. So the Yetzirah is designed to prevent you from doing the right thing. Your job is to overcome. So I guarantee you, we made a commitment. This, when you make a commitment, suddenly the Yetzirah gets much gets all, all in your face. You made a commitment to learn every night 9.45. I guarantee every night 9.45, something's going to come up that's more interesting than learning. I guarantee that even though you normally go to sleep at midnight, 
9.45 comes, oh, time to go to sleep. I got to get to sleep early. Even though right after we finish at 10, 10 o'clock, you're going to jump, you're going to have a second wind and not have to go to sleep anymore. That's the way it works, right? So when I do something, do you guys mind if we go over a few minutes? I just want to share this idea about forums so that we can get back to the regular schedule tomorrow. Do you mind? Anyone mind? Five more minutes? Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. So when we're commanded to do something, that's when the inspir- when the resistance comes in. When you obli- are obligated, see, if you're not obligated to do it, so why are you doing it? If you're not obligated to pray or to give charity, but you just feel like it, so why are you doing it? Oh, sometimes it could be to feed your ego, but let's say it's not to feed your ego. Let's say you really genuinely feel for this person that you want to give charity to, or you really and truly just want to thank God for something great that happened in your life. So why are you doing it? We just said, because you're inspired. You want to do it. So do you know that when you want to do something, there's no resistance, (laughs) right? There's no resistance to give charity when I'm inspired to give charity. There's no resistance to pray when I want to pray, and therefore there's no growth. And also, it's no relationship. Because when I do something because I'm inspired to do it, who's it all about? When I give my wife flowers because I love her and I really want to thank her for how amazing a wife she is and I give her flowers, who's that about? Is it really about her? It's actually about me, because I'm inspired to do it. So when I do something out of inspiration, it's actually not relationship. The only time it's relationship is when I do something because I'm obligated, because I'm commanded. The truth is, is that if I do something because I want to do it, it really is selfish. And the Talmud says an amazing thing. The Talmud says, what's better? To do something because you want to or to do something because you have to? Says the Talmud, it's better. You, most people, it's very counterintuitive. Most people think it's much better to do a mitzvah because you want to do the mitzvah. Not because you have to. Says the Talmud, no. It's much better to be commanded to do something and to do it anyway than to do it when you're not commanded. Because when you're not commanded, you're inspired. Yeah, what's your question? What? Right. Ah. So it's counterintuitive, right? It sounds like when you have a choice to do something, that's that's really you're doing it really special for the other person. The answer is no. You're doing it because you're inspired to do it. You have no resistance. There is no challenge there. There's no struggle, and not only that, there's no relationship. Because the only reason I'm doing it is I want to do it. But when I'm forced to do it, when I'm obligated to do it, and I do it anyway with love, and I force myself to be inspired and I do it for the right reasons, that's true relationship. True relationship is when I do it even though I don't want to, but I do it anyway, and I put my heart into it. That means love.
Do you understand the difference? If I get my wife flowers only when I want to, then it's all about me. If I get my wife flowers when she wants to and I don't want to, then it's all about her. Do you understand the difference? That's true love. So, we'll, and we'll come back to this in a second for questions. I just want to give over an idea about Purim. So, the Torah gives us 613 ways to say I love you. And the Tom... You lost me? Uh-oh. So, when... Okay, one second. Sorry. Well, so, this is what happens when I get inspired. Um, the... The Talmud says a crazy thing. The Talmud says that when the Jewish people stood at Mount Sinai, the Torah says that the people stood under the mountain. And the Talmud says that literally the Jewish people stood under the mountain. God picked up Mount Sinai, held it over our heads, and said, if you accept the Torah, great. If not, I will bury you with this mountain. Now, this leads to all sorts of theological questions. What do you mean? We were forced to accept the Torah? But you can't, according to Jewish law, you, it's a marriage. We got married to God at Mount Sinai, and you can't marry someone with for, coercion, according to Jewish law. What does that mean? We're forced to, and not only that, says the commentaries, but the Jewish people already accepted the Torah without force. The Jewish people at Mount Sinai said, Nasevanishma, we will do and we will listen. We accept whatever it says in the Torah, even if we don't understand it. We accept. I do. The Jewish people said, I do at Mount Sinai. And and the, the other metaphor of the God holding the mountain over our heads was that he held it over our heads like a chuppah, like a wedding ceremony. But the two ideas are contradictory. What do you mean? You forced us to accept the Torah, but marriage is completely from, from our free will. So, and then the Talmud says another thing. It says, you're right, God forced us to accept the Torah at Mount Sinai, but thousands of years later, at the story of Purim, the Jewish people accepted the Torah now for the right reasons, out of love, without being coerced. So I want to share with you very quickly the idea that ties in exactly to what we've been talking about. Now we understand that really marriage is all about coercion. Now you can't start a marriage with coercion according to Judaism. But when you get married, what you're doing is you're saying, I am devoting my life to giving to you and to taking care of you, whether or not I feel it. It's no longer about me. Before you get married, it's all about your inspiration. You marry a person because you're inspired to marry them. But once you marry the person, it has nothing to do with inspiration. From now on, you are bound. And, and now it's all about duty. Now I'm obligated to take care of you, even if I don't feel it. Now, of course, we hope that feelings will be there, but it's not about me. It's about you. When it's all about my feelings, it's about me. When it's about the relationship, it's about you. That's love. So at Mount Sinai, the Jewish people were so inspired by God's revelation that they said, I do. I love you. I'm all in. But God had to force us because he said, don't think that this it's about this inspiration. This inspiration will not last. There'll come a time where you're going to lose that inspiration, but you're still bound to me. And then comes the Purim story. And in fact, that's the way some explain what it means that the Jewish people were forced. They were forced to marry God because they were so inspired. They had no choice. They were so into it. They were so in love. God was so openly revealed. They had no choice. But then comes the Purim story. At the times of Purim, everything was going against us. There were no open miracles. God was completely hidden. The entire Jewish people were about to be killed in a single day, mass genocide. And yet, they held on to their faith that 
shows true love. When there's no open miracles, no thunder and lightning, no inspiration, no love, you don't feel the romance, but you say, I'm still committed to you, that is true love. And that's when the Jewish people truly accepted the Torah. So we're going to take a few days going forward to talk about the laws of Purim and understand how Purim is the ultimate love story between the Jewish people and God.